Welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Cabrera-Dixon. And I am Sammy Scorstad. Together, we've combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The book of the moment for today's episode is Somebody's Daughter by Ashley C. Ford. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Ashley C. Ford is the author of the New York Times bestselling memoir, Somebody's Daughter, published by Flatiron Books. Ford is the former co-host of the HBO companion podcast, Lovecraft Country Radio, and the current host of Ben and Jerry's Into the Mix. She currently lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, with her husband, poet, and fiction writer Kelly Stacy, and their chocolate lab, Astro Renegade Ford Stacy. <laughs> That's cute. I love Ford- the hyphenation. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, Ford has written or guest edited for The Guardian, Elle Magazine, BuzzFeed, Out Magazine, Slate, Teen Vogue, New York Magazine, Allure, Marie Claire, The New York Times, Netflix Q, Domino, Cup of Joe, and various other web and print publications. She's also developed special projects for companies like Medium.com, MailChimp Presents, Condé Nest Entertainment, and MasterCard. She taught creative nonfiction at the New School in Manhattan, served as Ball State University's Writer-in-Residence, Fall 2021, and will be teaching the creative nonfiction workshop at Butler University in Spring 2023. That's so cool. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being, like, accomplished? Yeah, right? Uh, Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding the book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, for as long as she could remember, Ashley has put her father on a pedestal. Despite having only vague memories of seeing him face to face, she believes he's the only person in the entire world who understands her. She thinks she understands him too. He's sensitive like her, an artist, and maybe even just as afraid of the dark. She's certain that one day they will be reunited again and she'll finally feel complete there are just a few problems he's in prison and she doesn't know what he did to end up there through poverty puberty and and a fraught relationship with her mother ashley returns to her image of her father for hope and encouragement she doesn't know how to deal with the incessant worries that keep her up at night or how to handle the changes in her body that draw unwanted attention from men in her search for unconditional love ashley begins dating a boy her mother hates when the relationship turns sour he assaults her still reeling from the rape which she keeps secret from her family ashley finally finds out why her father is in prison and that's where the story really begins somebody's daughter steps into the world of growing up poor black growing up a poor black girl exploring how isolating and complex such a childhood can be as ashley battles her body and her environment she provides a poignant coming of age recollection that speaks to finding the threads between who you are and what you were born into and the complicated familial love that often binds them without any further ado let's get into it uh the i don't know why i didn't see this on the trigger warning website i don't remember but obviously trigger warnings for sexual assault and Mm -hmm. rape um and child abuse Mm -hmm. and toxic relationships Mm -hmm. and what else um incarceration yeah the biggest one though is um sexual assault yeah Mm -hmm. for Um, sure like this was borderline i didn't read the back of the book before Okay. This. Neither did I. 
I almost had to turn it off. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, this I've seen somebody's daughter around for a while. I like Ashley Seaford. I've seen like some of her online things, podcast mm-hmm. things, and stuff like that. Um, I know she's also like BFFs with John Green, which is where I first saw this book recommended. Okay. They like have Thanksgiving together. That's how BFFs oh, they are because they both live in Indianapolis. No <laughs> one else lives in Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but so I recall when John wrecked this book when it came out and I was like, oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And then I never did. And then I saw it was on Kindle Unlimited and I was like, ooh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I cried for three hours straight when I yeah. read it. So, yeah. um, it's, it's deep. It is deep and it is painful, but it was also like a really raw and, mm, I don't even know. There's so many words to describe this book but one of the things that Ashley herself said about uh her memoir is that she she doesn't necessarily really I don't I'm not gonna say she doesn't care she doesn't like um it doesn't matter to her what people necessarily think of it Mm -hmm. her feeling was she wants to make people feel something with her writing well she did that she did that for sure for sure um what were your first impressions Um, so I listened to the first couple of chapters, um, a few days ago, Mm -hmm. and then I listened to the rest of it during my drive up my road trip yesterday. And so Mm -hmm. I was, it was kind of like all, all together. Yeah. Um, one fell swoop, but I, again, like I didn't realize how, um, traumatic it was going like how much it was going to be dealing with trauma Mm -hmm. and um but like I really loved her writing I loved the starting in New York with her boyfriend now husband Kelly yeah (laughs) and finding out her dad was getting out of prison like I loved how it started and then Mm. it going back yeah in time and um I don't know and it just like it made overall like made me reflect a lot on my relationship with my dad which is obviously not the same whatsoever but like I think you can't really help but think about your relationship Mm -hmm. to your family when you're reading this book oh for sure it's just like the way that she still she had so much love and for him regardless of what he did and the mistakes he made which is like that is that is something mm, like that was hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me to listen to. Yeah. Because like I have a hard time forgiving people generally and then especially for that. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just like I I don't know what I would have done. But I feel she you. but she was like she was so it, it took so long for her to get there but then when she finally got there she was so at peace with like having this love for him and this compassion mm-hmm. for him and having this relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Oh my God, like I want that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was good. And it just like, I was crying driving up in the middle of California. <laughs> probably not safe. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not safe at all. Tears blurring my vision, but um, it was, it was good. It was just like, I did have to pause a couple times. I'm like, all right, let's put on the One Direction now and yeah. not be sobbing. 
yeah, for yeah. A moment. I, I feel that. I felt, um, I, I thought it was very, I, I think we're seeing more from our generation and like other millennials releasing um, memoirs that uh-huh. focus on their childhood in a way that demonstrates like the abuse that they faced in their childhood yeah I think like the generations above us considered that so normal that it wouldn't they yeah everybody you know they wouldn't constitute it as abuse yeah Yeah. exactly it was so common that it was like what do you mean like that's just something that happened in our childhood so it's not even a a point of focus in a lot of like older people memoirs I would say so I thought it was really uh groundbreaking feels strong but like the the way of it was so honest yeah discuss like how ashley discusses like how her mom would become the mother sometimes like there was like her mom versus mom yeah and how she could tell right away and like the intricacies that come with like having an abusive parent like that because Mm -hmm. it's so it was so normalized that even she didn't realize what it was until she got out pretty much and you know what this makes me think of you know the this is me being living on tiktok but when you get somebody like i don't know if they're a psychologist or somebody on tiktok talking about like Oh, if do you do this? Do you do this? Then you grew up in a psychologically or mentally abusive household. And like the way she was describing how she like was constantly, she could tell by the the body language, shift Mm -hmm. in tone, like constantly walking on eggshells because she didn't know it was so unpredictable and she did not know what she was going to get. And she had to like adjust her behavior and brace herself for the worst case scenario constantly. And, like, there are so many TikToks where I was like, yeah, that's an abusive household. And, Mm -hmm. like, but, and I think, like you said, this is more recent of people acknowledging that and really giving it that name and that title. And I think it's very affirming um, for people who did go through that to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that was really awful, but, like, you're validating that it was awful like yeah exactly you know? exactly yeah. i think we're seeing this more often uh in december i read i'm glad my mom died and right. i think like now we are definitely seeing this um uptick in authors millennial authors and below bringing up these topics and being like i thought this was normal until yeah. i realized it wasn't and, and it it's takes... so powerful to talk about it yeah. because of that. Because yeah. I thought that was normal too when I was growing up. But yeah. now when I'm like, I can, I'm listening to everything all the time because I'm like, I, even now I still feel like this. Yeah, yeah, I still feel like sometimes Esty will be like, what was that sound? And I know exactly what it was because I'm so, <laughs> I grew yeah. up very used to needing to know what sounds were and what they meant for safety. So yeah. It's one of those things where I think it's it's I, I commend you know Ashley C Ford for writing such a raw and real um, recount of her childhood with her mom because mm-hmm. yeah that's it's the reality for a lot of people and it takes time to heal from that and perhaps bridge relationship gaps yeah if but like also I I think it should be normalized like she did where she was like I'm not moving back home like even my mom can offer and or when she just when she came back for um her something was happening and she was like i'm not staying with you 
Yeah. And she oh, no, she to came stay back. With some, yeah, she, she came back with for her grandma. She came, and she stayed with her grandma. Yeah. She came back. It was just like summer in like her first year, first or second year of college. Yeah. Or something like that. And so she came back for summer and immediately her mom was pulling shit. And so she's like, I actually don't have to stay here. Yeah. And I think showing, like, demonstrating that, too, is so important because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our generation is still healing from things like that. And sometimes it's like, you know, I needed to see somebody else put their foot down for something like that to know that I am capable of doing that as well. Yeah. And I think – what else was I thinking about with that? Um, I don't know. Okay. And then there's – see, this is really interesting because, like, there's also this such a huge discussion around like going no contact with parents mm-hmm. and like yeah. seeing examples of that on social media or just like in our lives. Like I feel like I know people who've gone no contact. And so like there, with this uptick in discussion about like, oh, that was actually a really abusive and like tra- like traumatizing childhood. Yeah. Um, like I am not going to forgive you and like I'm going to choose me and I'm going to not have mm-hmm. a relationship with you. But Ashley, like, she still values her relationships with her family so much. And she still has so much love for all of them, even though she detailed some of these really awful things that mm-hmm. happened to her. And I think that's something that, like, I've been battling with, too, is, like, where is that line? Is that ever justified? Like, is that ju- going no contact? Like, when, at what point is that the best decision Mm-hmm. For you, I don't – yeah. I also feel like that's one of those things that um, your culture yeah, comes into makes, play with. Yeah. I only see the white person thing. things from white people. <laughs> yeah. That's like, true. That's, that's only something I see in white families, which is, you yeah. know – um, I also think it's something new that we're just seeing. Like not a lot yeah. of people have decided to go no contact before – Mm-hmm. in the previous generations like i'm saying yeah. also so but it's definitely a cultural thing i would yeah. say because That's there's true. something more um i wouldn't even know how to describe what i'm trying to say but i see it clearly in my mind uh yeah there's something about like familial structures mm-hmm. in different cultures obviously i can only speak from like this is also hispanic I think this is also, no this yeah. is also tied to like all the elderly white people in um retirement homes and stuff where it's like the same familial structure of like no we're not going to take care like put you someone else will do that you know Uh uh-huh I think it's similar I I agree with that I agree with that I think there's also obviously lots of layers depending on your cultural background but there's a lot of um guilt yeah I think that the younger generations at least like in Hispanic households Mm -hmm. That f- they feel they owe their parents, their grandparents, um, for the opportunities that they were given. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of, I can't go no contact because what if they need me and I make more money than them, than yeah. they ever could and things like this. So I think there's layers to that. I think that's right. probably, you know, p- pushing that a little bit on Ashley's situation she probably felt a lot of that as well. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um, and also it's hard to go no contact with one particular family member when you have a very culturally tight knit family. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. You like, can't, you can't avoid that one T.O. at your, uh, no. <laughs> at your little barbecue, you know? 
No, but it's like it was interesting when she did come back when her grandma was dying and she like saw her family in the waiting room and she realized she was that family member that nobody really knew. Yeah. And like she talked to everybody again and um but like she realized she went and she like made her own life and her own her own path and and like the way that she was aware of like when she walked into her grandma's room, like I have to hug my mom first because it yeah. would be noticed if I didn't hug her first. Right. And I don't know, like just being so aware of how you're being perceived in your own family and the role that you're playing in these situations to keep up appearances or. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Absolutely. It was really interesting to read and a little painful but it was good i also think like the bigger your family is which i guess is another cultural thing but the bigger your family is the harder it is yeah to go no contact yeah that's i true. think that's a i i think like i haven't even really thought necessarily about like the <laughs> the, the ratio of white people who go no contact to to other people it's true though like, <laughs> but it is true so many true. now but, that you like there's so many layers that like smaller families typically yeah, like yeah. and then economic like mm-hmm. situation yeah you playing have into more the, opportunity yeah. to have money independently exactly. away from your family mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of layers to it but i think it, yeah uh it, it, it is something that i i feel often you know can sound um super beneficial I, I agree. Like it's it's really easy. I in to theory, say, protect, yeah. yes, protect your peace. In theory, right? Yeah, but it's very different when it's like, well, there's a lot of guilt. <laughs> well, and like that's the thing is like, oh yeah, drawing the boundary is one thing, and then upholding mm-hmm. that boundary mm-hmm. and making decisions based on that is an entirely different beast. <laughs> yes, de- so. definitely, definitely. Before we move on to discuss the rest of somebody's daughter, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. All right, let's continue the conversation. Um, so I guess moving past, like, the underlying layer of, like, her traumatic childhood and relationship with her mother mm-hmm. is moving into her teenage years and starting to date and thinking that, you know, it reminds me of the Taylor Swift song 15, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And some, yeah, you want to, oh, fuck. Right? Right? Oh, Ouch. no. I just cramped my own hip. Ow. Um, I I think it's hard to read an experience that I feel like so many girls have had from that age on. You know what I mean? Like, and younger, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to read something where you're like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Been Been there. Been there. Yep. And it's such a – it's not – a surprising thing to read anymore especially memoirs from women but it mm-hmm. is something that i'm g- glad is being put into memoirs from women of all kinds of women not that i'm glad that it happened to be no. clear but no, i'm but- glad that we're also speaking out and normalizing speaking out about that you know what i was think. thinking of what do you think he- she changed his name i don't know I think about that all the time when I read memoirs. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that all the time because she was very specifically using names throughout this. So I do yes, wonder. Yes, she was. I would not. I would like that person. Oh, it's like. It's hard though. Fuck, this is so hard. It's because like, at the, oh my God. Like, where do you. 
Where do yeah, you draw the safety line? too is also a consideration. Safety, but also like he was a kid too. Like they were uh-huh. like what thirteen, and how I many years? He was like a couple years older than her. Oh, was he? Yeah, Maybe. he was. He was like a junior or something when she was like a freshman. This was in middle school, no? Oh, was it? I, yeah. Hold on, now I'm, I had took notes. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> they were young, young in this. Like she, her body was like just starting to change, and. I don't know. I don't remember exactly their ages. But, like, again, it's, like, where... I don't know. And, like, I think so much about, like... Uh, I don't know. It's... Whatever she decided to do, whether it's his name or not. Right. It's still very powerful to put that in. Definitely. And to make it, like, to not shy away from the details. I know it can be traumatizing to read these situations. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. But I am... I th- I think, like... Especially when, like, when women, I feel, read these kind of things, we immediately understand, right? Yes. But I think men go into thinking about sexual assault and things of the sort with a particular, like, uh, like devil's advocate kind of yeah kind of or perspective like it's only when it looks like this right yeah so like a, yeah and i i feel that when you don't shy away from explaining all of the details mm-hmm. it puts it into like a different perspective for people who think things like this are black and white do you know what i'm trying to say yeah but i was also thinking this too i wonder of what the demographics are of people who read this book I mean, probably and mostly women. Exactly. So it's like, it is so difficult yeah. when the portrayals of this happening and like, yes, it's increasing. Yes, it's happening in so many more books, but men still are not reading them. That's true. That is true. I do. Unless think you're it. fucking John Green and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Our, our, our lovely little white man. <laughs> yeah. He's on my TV screen in the background right now because mm-hmm. it's currently Project for Awesome. Oh, cute. In the live stream, the donations are donating. Love um, it. Uh, but but yeah, no, that's a great point. Is the demographic of? But I I do feel like it's it's still a, a powerful thing to do to to not to put mm-hmm. everything in the light and to um. I I think it was important, obviously, for us to hear the detail of it also because Mm -hmm. when you get the reveal of why her dad went to prison yes it hurts double and i know it hurts so there are some things that i consider inexcusable yes exactly and so i know especially when you've experienced that and then you consider it inexcusable also like it doubles i feel um and so i I was like, I wouldn't even know how to reconcile. Exactly. Like, Ashley C. Ford has probably gone through so much therapy because yeah. I, how do you recon- reconcile with the fact that this person that you, you know, if for all intents and purposes, put on a pedestal and yeah. respected and loved despite not knowing them really, really for so many years. Mm-hmm. And then to find out the reason that they're in prison is for something so horrible that you had a similar experience in your life that like hurt you for so long as well. Like you yeah. experienced that thing. Yep. And now you know that your hero is guilty of doing that thing. Yes. 
how do you reconcile I, with that? I it's don't, such a that's, that's an infernal thing for sure. Exactly. That's the thing. That was the thing I was like battling with where I was like yeah. I wouldn't have been able I don't. Mm-hmm. But then like it was also so beautiful to see her love for him there. And, and also like, that's not our dad, right? No. Who, yeah. And who's for other reasons like I guess a kind parent. Um like that's hard to it's hard to even consider what we would do in that situation because that's not we don't have that like that's our blood you know yeah connection yeah i think i would do the white person thing and go no contact (laughs) if it was my dad (laughs) which i think is also a fair like fair thing i don't think that that's a that's a oh you're so white for that kind of moment you know it is I, a little like that but like i would but i think i would I stand strong in like, that and be like we no. each you know everybody has their own um traumas and yeah. i think everybody heals or doesn't heal or moves grows with their trauma i guess yeah for lack of a better word in different ways and i think that you know there are some it's also the it's also the tism coming through which is like you're you did bad you're bad now you know yeah the black and the white. black and white um i don't know if that's the tism or the that's like one of the bpd things of, well oh that's also like a tism <laughs> thing like okay. it's a rule following thing moral, like you you yeah. broke the rule yeah and you're not supposed to break the rules and now yeah. you're bad in my brain i don't know Strong um moral compass oh and there's a cat knocking things over in the sink. Great. Cool. Um, yeah, I have go ahead. An, Sorry. I have another thing I want to say about, okay, with the thing that happened in the shed mm-hmm. with Bradley. And then what was her boyfriend's name when she actually like, got a boyfriend who ended up being gay, but they were like... Alan? Brett? Brett. Brett. Mm-hmm. Both B names. That's another. Um, okay. Anyways, but when she starts dating brett and she realized it and mm-hmm. she she was like mm-hmm. the way that i had seen depictions of rape and rape survivors in movies that i watched with my mom was like they didn't want anything to do with sex afterwards yeah and then she was like and i learned there was this distinction between what happened to me mm-hmm. for and sex and the thing that i wanted to do with brett yeah yes and i thought that was like it was just like it was put so well yes yes and i was yes. like oh my god okay yeah like, it is. It is so different. And, like, I think so many women who go through that, they expect to have one reaction to it. And – or they they think they're – something's wrong if they're – or, like, maybe it wasn't that bad because I still want to have sex. And, um, like, oh, it must not have been because, like, I'm not – I don't know. It's just – I thought that was also a very important thing to add into that. Yes, and at, like she literally says, as many as, as much as my mother, teachers, cousins, grandmother, and classmates had already spoken to me about the mechanics and morals of sex, no one ever mentioned that rape isn't sex. Yep. What Bradley did to me, what his friend watched being done for me from the corner of my mother's shed, wasn't in any way the same as what I wanted to, Brett to do with me. Yes, yes. And I think there's a distinction also in her word choice there, right? Like what yeah. I wanted Brett to do with me. With versus with what he did yes, to exactly me. Yes. exactly yep. um and I just thought that was so powerful too because I I agree and I think there's a lot of um portrayal in media of when you have experienced some level of sexual assault that like oh well now 
how can you ever want to have sex again and things like that. And I think that we put a lot of thought into that. Mm -hmm. And I think because we talk about it that way also, I think it kind of puts a pressure, like a guilt almost into victims' minds about like, why am I feeling like I want to have sex? Yeah. When I know, like, you know what I say? It makes you think that like what happened to you wasn't actually that like oh yes. that didn't yes yeah. thank you yes yeah so, like oh it must not have been that because I still feel like this or like it wasn't as bad as other people's because right right because yeah. I still feel like with someone I like I would like to do that right. to have sex with them um so I also thought that that was a really like powerful little section yeah. And even to to point out the differences, too, with Brett, like, he, he was so controlled mm-hmm. when and where he applied pressure, da-da-da-da-da. His touch was deliberate and gentle. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the the overwhelming sense of this is comfortable. I'm this ex- comes from a place of love. Yes. Not, yeah. And even just, like, also this comes from a place of consent. Like Yes. Yes. It... It's not I am even... choosing to be here yes. and engage in yes. this. Yes. Yes. And it's half my idea and half his idea and it's no parts, Ugh. no one's idea, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was really, really, really powerful. That whole section made me cry because yeah. obviously like the essay parts made me cry, but um, mm-hmm. for different reasons. But there's something about watching, reading about like a healing that like is also something you have gone through, mm-hmm. I think is very... Like, there, there's almost no words to describe that feeling of being yeah. like, yeah, I feel understood reading that. Yeah. Um, what else? She gets into college. She leaves. She gets into college. Even though she... Bad bitch material. Bad bitch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes to school. Um, kind of, like, figures out how to have a life for herself away from her family. Yeah. Um. And then oh, and then obviously Brett comes out to her while yeah in college yeah, which I I thought that whole section was both like obviously there's a pain in that because she felt like she really loved him yeah and he was the first man in her life to make her feel loved without and safe um, yeah without yeah. pretense exactly um and he's just like he's so sweet too that I I felt. A pain when she was mad. A little. Yeah, I know. I'm like, no. But also, again, we're we're not in that position, and yeah. I, you know, if that's the person you love, and you're like, well, now my world is crumbling around me. Yeah. <laughs> I can see where where she was coming from as well. But I was also like, no, let him live. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Um, no, and but then they ended up being friends later, and so it, it all worked out. Yes. Yes. It all uh, worked out. You just oh. and like oh I loved her she could, like so she got really depressed after that she got really mm-hmm. depressed she stopped eating all this stuff and then she slowly started to come back into loving her body and loving mm-hmm. herself and she was taking yes photographs like nude photographs of herself she's playing with makeup she's doing mm-hmm. she made a friend who I forget his, um their name I don't I don't know but me too um and. I, it was like I loved reading that part where she was figuring out how to love herself without the yes. love, the romantic love of somebody else, and just like coming into her own 
sexuality and power and beauty and it was like oh damn yeah maybe i should take some nude photographs of myself she literally said soon i was obsessed i started taking more nude photos of myself playing with lighting being half clothed and even writing things on my body i poured over the pictures using editing software to change tints highlighting and shadows over the next semester i fell in love with my body i loved it the way it had always meant to be loved ferociously and compassionately Mm -hmm. i did not like the way i looked every day but i loved myself damn yeah and like yeah i feel like there's so much focus like internal focus on um on putting our self-worth and our self-beauty on how other people perceive us Mm-hmm. especially in college um yeah so I, I i really felt like inspired by her because mm-hmm. it's it's so oh it's such a like fun moment when you're like you know i love the way i look having not changed anything yeah you know yeah. and i just i i felt like there were so many layers of this book where i was peeling back like Part of myself yes. as well. It was healing for me. It was really it. healing. It was really healing. Yes. I literally sat in one sitting for three hours, like crying and being like, oh, yeah, same, yeah. girl, same. Um, and that was definitely one of those parts where I was like, there is something so healing about, you know, knowing that my body has been a vessel for me for so many things, both traumatic and, you know, beneficial and just neutral things throughout mm-hmm. my life but mm-hmm. also to be like yeah no I love my hips I love my arms I lo- you know I love yeah. the the dimples in my back like there's things like this that are like I think we often take advantage of like we don't consider the love we should have for our bodies mm-hmm. and as we should and so I was like yeah 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 thanks Ashley yeah, yeah. we all need a reminder you know it's so hard sometimes, but yeah. And again, I'm not gonna love it every day, but an yeah, overall, well, like she said, love for yourself. Versus... I did not like the way I looked every day, but I loved myself, yes. and that's important yes. to remember. Um, so we have her her transition into writing as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, and her first visit to her dad at the prison. Yeah, that I was sobbing. Me too. And when she was like, I have this overwhelming urge to hug him, but we're not supposed to touch the inmates. Yeah. I was like, oh, pain. <laughs> like, yeah. Pain. Um, and also, how she asks him for his permission. Like, and he's just like, well, not really yes. permission, but is like, I'm going to be writing things and I'm going to be writing things about like mom and about you also. And he was just like, I, whatever you write, I want it to be your truth. Like, yeah. Yeah. No matter what other, like, Whether you're going to have a perception of me, yeah, that looks a way that's different than my per- perception of me, but that is your truth, so I want you to be true. Yeah. He was so lovable. To, was yeah. like, yeah. It was so hard. It was so hard. It was so hard. It was like an internal struggle struggle as the reader. Yeah. Also, to, to be like, I, I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that that visit was so emotional. And that's where we also get the title 
Yes, somebody. I, like, yeah, yeah, which is like, I love you too, daddy. I told myself before I got there that I would refer to him as dad because I was not a child. I was a grown woman and I was pretty sure a grown woman didn't call their father's daddy. But in that moment, I felt like someone's little girl and I'd been waiting a long time to feel like somebody's somebody daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, her writing is gorgeous. Yeah, like, it I, is. like, thank God this woman went into writing because there, I feel like there are, when you read something, sometimes you're like, this person was meant to be a writer. Yeah. I hope, I want her to write a fiction, a novel. You want to try that again? I want her to write a novel. <laughs> uh, I agree. Has she not? I don't think so. Not from the list. Not really. It's more like it's smaller stuff, I think. Yeah, just a memoir. Yeah, no, I want, I want some fiction. I want a novel. I would read it for sure. I would read it for sure. John Green um, would plug it. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> I hate that every single time John wrecks a book, it just shatters me. Yeah. Like when I read Tomorrow and Tomorrow, I was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. I was shattered reading this book. Shattered. I'm like, yeah. I don't even really want to read any more of his recommendations. <laughs> I'm so excited to read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Can we cover it? I want to yes! reread it. I yes! want to reread it. It's just so good. Um, um, should we do it for Pride? Pride. Pride month. Isn't there a queer character in it? Uh, it's not gay. I don't know what. I don't know. I can't remember if it's queer. Isn't but there, there's a non-binary character in it. No. Uh, when I look up, like, because I've been looking for queer books, that one comes up every time. I think if we're gonna cover something queer, it should be like. Queer, 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 like, queer. Not like there very was gay. One, there was one character. character in there. I think it was. I can't remember now, <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll do it another month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I was gonna say something. I had a thing to mm-hmm. say. Um. I, I did you listen to the end? interview no i did not okay it was between her and uh what's his name clint smith okay the author of how the word is passed no idea okay okay Continue. um i listened to it what were my notes oh yeah she that ashley basically said she wanted to write a novel based on her life and she realized that she wanted it to be a memoir when one of her professors suggested it. Like when she turned, she turned in like a piece of writing mm-hmm. and her professor, w- and she was like, my intention is that for this to be a novel that has loose basings on like my life. Right. Yeah. And her professor was like, this would be a wonderful memoir. <laughs> and she was like, I guess I'm okay. writing a memoir. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she wanted the book to be about her relationship with her father. But then as she became like more vulnerable in her writing, she kind of realized that it was also a lot about her relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knew, like, if she's telling the story, she has to tell it her way, even though she knows, like, her mom won't like it. Right. And, I, and there's, like, such a, I, 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 you know, I mean, I can't imagine, but also I can't imagine, you know, putting something out there where you're, like, this person that I kind of feared for, you know, a long time, and I still... I still take their feelings into consideration, mm-hmm. uh, at least a little. And I, I feel like I know that this could blow up mm-hmm. in my face if I put it out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to put it out there. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of bravery and strength in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, there really is. Even like in her mom, she read her essay at one point, or she read something from her at one point. Yeah, and called her and was like, "Why do you only talk about the bad times?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had good times. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I, I love that it was really awful, but it was when she went. She was like, "I'm going to publish something, and I need to tell you about something that's in it before you read it." Yeah. And she was like, "I was raped," and her mom immediately was like, "Was it Bradley?" Bradley. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ouch. Awful. Um, and in the end of the interview, she says, my feelings belong in any narrative about what happened to me, as long as I'm committing to telling the truth, which I think is like, yeah, yeah, you're, I feel like there's a lot of inclination for people to be like, oh, well, of course, so-and-so wrote about that so emotionally because, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, they're bringing their feelings into this situation. So of course it sounds more dramatic. Yeah. But yeah, it fucking happened (laughs) to you. Like you should bring your emotions into it. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, (laughs) That is your truth. Your feelings are your truth for whatever the situation may be. So I just really loved, um, loved and was hurt by this, this, uh, this memoir. I feel like, uh, in my commitment to reading one nonfiction book per month, memoirs are definitely the way I'm getting through this. Yeah. And this one, I could see this making it to my like top 10 of books at wow. the end of the year. I felt it made me feel things, which I know yeah. is actually super. It made me feel things. It made me reflect on myself and my experiences. And it made me, yeah. I, I gained a, a huge respect for Ashley C. Ford. Yeah. More so I guess than I had before but I know I texted you because I was like I had no idea who she was and I was like where the fuck did you find this book <laughs> you sent me no you didn't text me you sent me a snapchat crying <laughs> like tears coming down your face like ugly cry vibe and you were like where did you find this book and I was like John Green <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> yeah his Rex cannot be trusted oh in the best way yeah, in the best way. So, what was your uh, what was your rate? This deserves yeah. nothing less than five stars. Yeah, I I could not see a world in which people, I don't know, couldn't couldn't look at this and feel like it wasn't Ashley's heart being like just on, bared on her yeah. shoulder. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the writing is beautiful. It is. Yeah. Because I it feel was like so... it's hard to judge a memoir sometimes, but I, for all intents and purposes, this is a... The writing was gorgeous. Yeah. And just, like, the respect that I have for her from... Yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. 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 I'm I'm so glad to have read it. Mm-hmm. Never um, again. I might again. I probably like won't. Pain. I felt nauseous reading some Yeah, parts, me too. Some parts. Me too. Yeah. I don't know, if, like maybe in another when I'm not in my current state of whatever this yeah. is, but yeah. Oh, also, real quick before we wrap up, I highlighted a note in her acknowledgments, um, and she was like, "Last but never least, thank you, Glenn Kel- uh, Kelly, Glenn Stacy, for loving me so well and making more than enough room for me to learn to love myself just as much. Thank yep. you for rearranging your life to support my dream and holding me through it every step of the way. Everything's better when I'm with you and you are here with me." I love love. Okay. Um, on that note. On that note. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Before we part, 
Uh, we just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our hardcover Discord server. Be the link in the show notes, or send us an email at hardcoverhostpod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Cabrera-Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstead. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is All About Love by Bell Hooks. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading. Bye. Bye-bye.